This episode of our podcast is brought to you by Doolaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and are looking for the best price and coverage for your Tesla, give Doolaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit their website at doolabaninsurance.com slash Tesla. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome again to another podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Page, and uh, I want to apologize in advance if I seem a little off tonight, tired, slow, whatever. Um, I have a little bit of back pain, and it's been uh, flaring up since the past weekend. I haven't been able to shake it 100%, so it's got me down a little bit. Honestly, I should be on the couch doing the podcast laying down, but that's not a good look. So anyways, I <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to apologize uh, if that happens a little bit. Anyways, I uh, want to say thank you guys for joining in. We have Eric and Ian as usual. How you guys been doing? Doing well. Thanks for asking. I'm a little jet lagged, so I think the only person firing on, on all cells tonight is going to be Mr. Camacho. <laughs> You're damn right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ian, where were you? You were in Switzerland. Switzerland and Italy. I sort of split my, my time between the two countries, yes. For, I was there for about I'm watching days. you on Twitter. You got some beautiful pictures. Yes, I, that, was, that was the very tail end of the trip. I was there on business uh, for 90% of it. And just the last day, I blocked off for myself. And I got nice. to do a little run, uh, a little run up to the Stelvio Pass, which is pretty much my favorite road on Earth. I was fortunate enough to be there five years ago on a motorcycle trip. And when I saw we were close enough to it, and I, I said, oh, no, no, I'm taking a day. I'm going up there and I'm running that baby. So I took a bunch of video. I, I, I posted on Twitter while, while I was up there uh, about a two-minute segment out of it. But at some point, I'll upload the whole 15-minute thing. Um, some Please post- do. Look yeah, forward to that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's cool. All right. Well, I know we didn't do a podcast last week uh, for whatever circumstances uh, the case was. Um, I mean, I was we, there. You guys weren't there. I, mean, we... I, I know. I know. It's just one of those things. But we do have some Tesla news to cover this week. And uh, we'll have some more news to talk about next week. I'm hoping to get um, uh, a good friend of ours on the podcast who's visiting in my area. So we'll see what, what transpires next week. But we have some Tesla news to cover. So the first thing I want to talk about here real quick is that uh, a bit of a public service announcement here. Let me bring up the, uh, the tweet from Mr. Elon himself. Uh, for those of you who don't know that, uh, I mean, Tesla's been saying for some time now that once Smart Summon comes out, it's part of the FSD package. So at that point, they were going to do a price increase. So he's come true with that. It says now that Tesla V10 with Smart Summon is out, full self-driving price will, uh, will increase by $1,000 on November 1st. So if you're still sitting on the fence and you haven't bought FSD and you're not too sure, you better get in now. That's about two uh, weeks. Exactly. So you mm-hmm. got about two weeks before to get in on this thing before it goes up uh, another thousand bucks. Um, I I know, and we'll talk about Smart Summon here a little bit later today, but I do believe that Smart Summon is the one feature that a lot of people have been working or have been waiting for whether or not there's an actual use case for it, that's a discussion for another day. But I know a lot of people have been looking forward to that. So that's part and parcel. So unless you bought a car prior to March 1st and you bought something with EAP, Enhanced Autopilot, not Early Access Programs, a different thing. Um, yeah, exactly. So um, so you'll get that as part of your package. But now if you want Smart Summon and all the extra features that you don't get your uh, as part of your car since March 1st, then, of course, you have to pony up for FSD. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he, again, he didn't reiterate if the price was going to increase again, but I would suspect as more features come out, the price is just going to keep going up. Um, at what point does, you know what I mean? People start, start crying uncle. Like, I, I don't know, <laughs> but it is Tesla. It is what it is. Anyways. So that's a public service announcement on that part. Anyway, moving on, uh, Elon this week to, to Twitter and just reiterated some other things that are happening. 
He said that uh, customized horn and movement sounds, coconuts being one, of course. Of course, that's a, 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 Monty a Python. homage. Yes, to Monty Python. Thank you. Um, those are coming to Tesla soon. He also said fart and, and uh, goat sounds are also coming as well. Um, I think this, personally, I think this is a little confusing because he didn't really, really say, uh, he does mention to the horn, is, is this part of cars since September 1st that have the built-in pedestrian warning system like my car does, or does all cars get this? So he didn't really explain himself. Any thoughts, guys? What do you think? I would, I would probably think it'd be more the former than the latter, just because I would think it'd be weird to honk your horn and it makes a fart sound. Uh, so my, my guess is it would be more the pedestrian safety system. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100% on that because I would have to think that the cars I've need I've never personally had the front end apart, but I have to think that it has a conventional horn, mm -hmm. and this would be using the, the, the car has two dual horns. Right, exactly. So I mean, you can't produce any other sound. I mean, you know, those are basically electromagnetic buzzers. They're not gonna, you can't yeah. get the coconut sound out of those. It's not gonna happen. You need the speaker for that. Well, we'll see. I mean, if I get it, I have plenty of people here in the neighborhood who don't have the pedestrian warning system. We'll be able to play with that a little bit. By the way, I should mention, um, I know on Twitter I was being a little facetious and stuff that I said, you know, when this tweet came out, I said, well, some of you have been complaining you didn't like the pedestrian warning system, and some of you probably wish you had it now because of the fun factor. Anyways, That's exactly what happened to me. I'm like, damn, <laughs> now I want it. Um. I will say this, I did do a video on how to disable it. Not that I actually disabled my car, I unplugged it, plugged it back in. It doesn't bother me, it's not obnoxious. Um, I know a lot of people have been asking, oh, I don't want a car with that, how do I unplug it? Well, here's how you do it, not that I'm condoning that. Um, but I did want to mention that uh, on my car, when I unplugged the cable from the pedestrian warning system, that there are two clips that are on there that look like the little pin types that you would plug into holes in the body panel to hold right. it out of the way mm -hmm. so i'm going to say uh and we know from at least march of this year that many cars have had the new diffuser on the bottom mm -hmm. with the speaker grill minus the horn so i think the horn was actually put into the cars as of september 1st but i do believe and i haven't been able to defer uh, to confirm this but based on the evidence i have on my car meaning that the body clips are there that at some point that wiring harness was present on cars. It was just held out of the way until they were ready to plug it in. So if some of you want this um, and you have the speaker grill on the bottom of your car, follow my uh, my directions on how to remove the two or three pins on the side to pull out the fender liner and reach inside and see if you can feel around for that cable. If you do, maybe Tesla might make that, uh, that, that horn as av available as a service part that you can retrofit to your car. I, again, I want to make very clear here that the retrofit is not required by law. Your grandfather, it, it, it's only when a law comes into effect that the car must have it in right. place, right? Uh, you know, there's lots of cars on the road that don't have airbags and they don't have that, uh, you know, stoplight on the back and stuff. You don't need to put those in the car because they're grandfathered at the time. So I'm just saying, if Tesla decides to make this available as a service part, much like the subwoofer, like there's many people that have been on the forum have been talking about upgrading the sound systems in the SR Plus cars. They don't have the subwoofer. Lo and behold, you can actually buy it from Tesla Service. I think it's 250 bucks US or something. So um, anyways, if that's of interest to you, contact Tesla Service, see if they have the part number. I looked on the Tesla uh, parts catalog for Model 3 and I, I didn't see it listed there anyway. So they might be a little bit behind on their parts catalog. But if, if that's of interest to you and the cable is there, well, somebody's going to want to experiment, right? So I guess people Anyways. are going to start saying things like fart if you're horny. I mean, it's just, it's weird. 
It's weird now. This and season. we have a show title. <laughs> there we go. Oh, God. We can always count on Erica having the good one-liners on this show. You're welcome, America. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, yes, so Elon's been pretty busy on Twitter. Um, speaking of which, uh, another tweet. Let me just pull it up here. Um, Elon also said that there are several finesse improvements coming to Smart Summing in the coming weeks. It will be smooth as silk. Um, I know a lot of people have been getting Smart Summon, including us in Canada. We were behind the U.S. about two weeks. Um, matter of fact, my car has been with Fabian for two weeks. I'm supposed to get it back tomorrow. Um, there's nothing wrong with the car. It, we're just doing a lot of stuff to it. It's going to look amazing. And I look on my app, and I'm like, there's a software update, and I can't download it because it says hook up to Wi-Fi. Anyway, so I'm going to get Smart Summon on my car. I did test it on my friend uh, who literally got it. We were, we were washing his car. He got it. We updated it. Went to the parking lot and had a little fun. I have to say, despite the fact that I don't see a lot of use cases for it now, it is quite impressive. Mm-hmm. Um Ian, have you, uh, I mean, I know you just got back. I'm assuming you got the software update. Have you played with it? Oh, hell yeah. I updated that from my hotel room in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the age we live in now. It's like I'm, everyone's tweeting like, oh, I'm getting started. Something. I got started. Something. I'm like, ding. Oh, yeah, here I am in Milan. And right. So uh, I uploaded it. And then I was only able to try it out, you know, a couple of days later when I got home. And it was a very limited use case because we had parked in a, uh, a rather complex parking lot near a restaurant. Um, the bridge and I went out for dinner and it had like actual intersections with stop signs. There's a lot of traffic. It's like, okay, I'm not going to get goofy with this. So I walked over to a yeah, section. Don't be that guy. Exactly. So I just walked into the section where it was basically a dead end where the car was parked at the end. And it was like, perfect. I just bing. Okay. Come to me. The car. I was really kind of surprised how quick it was because I'm used to watching the early, early tests, right? Where the thing was like lethargically slow and no, it just whipped itself out of the spot, pointed itself at me and started driving down the laneway. So I was quite impressed with it. And I'm going to do a full-on display for the office tomorrow because it's supposed to rain here. So I'm deliberately going to park it at the very far end that's of the building. And then See, that's it. the one use case that I've always said that would make yeah. sense. It's pouring, teeming rain. Yes. And you absolutely, positively need to get your car right now because the wife is going to melt because she <laughs> forgot her umbrella, right? Which is always the case with us. I, I so know that story. <laughs> I so know that both, story. Right? Yeah. Um, either that or someone, you know, you, you're taking your 90-year-old grandmother with you and she can't walk all the way across the parking lot because you're that guy that has to park in the back because you don't want to get dinged. That's fine. I get that. Are um, we calling out Michael on the show for parking uh-huh. like eight miles away? Yeah, well, That's no, no, no. It, it, hey, listen, I do it too. The mm-hmm. difference, though, Yo. is that I'm not going to use Smart Summon to bring a car maybe because I'm too lazy to walk to my car. Well, don't if forget, park that far, if you park I'm walking too, that far. I was going to say, if you park it too far away, Smart Summon's not even going to work. My point is, I parked that far. I'm prepared yeah. to walk that far. Anyways, that's <laughs> right, just yeah. me. Anyways, use Smart Summon responsibly, people. Anyways, so the bottom line is that it's definitely going to get better. Just like Autopilot was not perfect when it first came out. Still not perfect, but every update seems to get better. Sometimes one step back. Um, Smart Summon's definitely going to get better. I know some people hopped on Twitter, and I don't have the link of it here. Um, uh, but they were asking about what I call seek and park mode, which is the reverse, get out of the car, press the button, car goes and finds its own parking spot. Um, Elon did hop on Twitter that they they are going to be releasing a version of that that will be a little silly, I think is what he said. It won't be perfect. Um, Anyways, We'll see what <laughs> we'll see what well, that brings. His wording was interesting. He says it'll it'll park. It just wherever it decides to park may not be legal. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I thought, oh well, that's interesting. Well, I hope they're responsible with that. I but anyways, park um, in the grass. What are you yeah. doing? Get off my lawn, right? 
Anyways, uh, personally, that's the one part. I mean, Smart Summon's great and all, but I will be super impressed when I can just push the button and the car will go find its own parking spot, Especially like parallel or perpendicular. Like Christmas shopping, man, like at the oh. big malls. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that'll uh, be great. People still do that? Um, people still do that around wow. here. Wow, I have not gone holiday shopping in a mall probably for about seven years. <laughs> wow. An Amazon guy. Yeah, I either my holiday shopping's either done before holiday season, uh, just yeah. because I want to avoid the chaos of shopping in the malls, or I just do it online. I don't even bother with going to this. <laughs> my store. wife starts shopping the day after Christmas for the next year. <laughs> oh, it's great! If you want to get great deals in Halloween candy, November first, All Saints yes. Day. That's the great Valentine's Day. It's the day after. Every time it's it's the next day that all all night candies. Uh, See, in day. Canada, we have something called, and I'm sorry to make it to go down this road here, <laughs> but in Canada, we have something called Boxing Day, which is popular in Britain as well. It's right, on right. the 26th of, of December. So mm -hmm. that's when all the sales are. Like, if you were smart, you would actually borrow your stuff on the 26th and celebrate Christmas the next day. But whatever. Yeah. But we're also participating in a lot of the Black Friday stuff that the U.S. does. So we actually kind of get two days, which is kind of cool. Oh, while I have you guys here, uh, also a belated happy Thanksgiving to you uh, guys in Canada. Thank well, you. thank you. You're welcome. Yes, in case anybody asks, we do. And somebody asked me this on Twitter. You guys celebrate Thanksgiving? I said, yeah, we do. We just do it a month earlier because up here the harvest traditionally has been a little bit earlier. So, yes, yep. we do celebrate. The leaves are changing. They are very much indeed. My maple outside the house is almost completely red now. Beautiful. So, And it's getting cooler. And, uh, yes, it's depressing. <laughs> we are we are here in Florida. Envy. It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I just can't stand the... I know what's coming next, and that's the white stuff, and I don't like it. Anyways, mm -hmm. uh -huh. All right, moving on. Uh, another little bit of information came out. This one here is courtesy of our friends at Tesla Roddy. Uh, someone pointed out, actually, it's our good friend Nate, Purple Model 3. He, uh, he had asked on Twitter, any chance we can get the white loading screen in the web browser to change to something darker at night? It's blinding when loading Tesla ways on a dark road. And Elon says, yep, good catch. So good chances are that we will get some kind of dark mode for the browser uh, coming sometime soon. So looking forward to that. I know there are several ways that you can bring up a full screen browser in the mm -hmm. car, namely go to YouTube, pull up a link that says Plex TV or sign into your Tesla account or actually your YouTube account, Google account. God, I got to get that straight. Anyways, and then you can bring up all the Google apps on your browser and it's full screen. So uh, there are ways of getting around that. But uh, um, I think at one point on Twitter, I had even asked poked at Elon. It would be nice to have a, a full screen browser in a dark mode just like permanently. Uh, just give us the option. Press a button and it goes full screen. So I'm modestly intrigued by how many things are now dark mode enabled. Uh, oh, everything's dark mode now. Well, you know what? I, I thought about this the other day. Light pollution I mean, phone, is no, well, I mean, light pollution's been a major problem. I mean, you can't go anywhere. Like I hate fluorescent lighting at, at work. You know, like just it just it's a terrible look for a lot of people. Um, and it's just not good for when you're looking at screens all day. So it's just great that now more and more devices are enabling dark mode almost as a default setting in some cases, because to me, we could just use a little bit less of the blinding white light around our, our eyes every day. So, yeah. Yeah, like well, it. one of the nice things about the phones, of course, especially with the phones with the new modern screens like OLED screens, is that when it's black, it's because the screen's not even on. Right. So you get longer battery life. Mm -hmm. So that's why they're doing a lot of this dark mode. As a side effect, you get longer battery life. So. Anyhow, so I'll look forward to that. Uh, we'll see what uh, transpires with that. We'll keep an eye on that. All right. And the next little thing that everybody's been talking about here, because uh, we've been spotting a lot of Model Ys. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's been all over the internet. So uh, courtesy of our friends at Tesla Roddy, who used one of my tweets here, 
Uh, someone sent me some spy shots. Here's a car carrier on Cato Road, uh, down by Tesla's Fremont factory, just around the corner. Carload of multi-coat red Model Ys. And, of course, everybody was looking at these pictures and thinking, oh, they have chrome trim. No, it's uh, it's it's plastic wrap on the uh, mm -hmm. bright work, even though the bright work on the Model Y is indeed uh, black. Chrome delete, if you want to call it that. I hate the term chrome delete. You're not deleting chrome. There's no chrome. <laughs> You're covering up the chrome. Anyway, semantics. That's just me. Anyway, uh and uh, I think uh, just yesterday, someone took some pictures of uh, uh, the rear end of a Midnight Silver. Mm -hmm. um, yay, Midnight Silver, right? Uh, Model Y. Uh, definitely looks good from the back. So anyways, the bottom line here, uh, these cars are starting to be spotted a little sooner than I anticipated. Um, I was always under the thinking that it would be very much like Model 3, based on Model 3's timeline in terms of going into production, that we would see these sometime in the spring. Now, of course... Speculation on the internet being what it is, everybody's saying, oh, it means it's going to come out in Q1, it's going to be early. No, that's not, hold on, guys, just calm down. Slow your rolls. Yeah. Uh, Zach Shan, I think it was Clean Technica, had the article where he claims he has three different sources confirming that Q1 production is going to happen. That's That's pretty interesting, if you ask me. That may be the case. However... Start a production and a volume are two different things. Correct. So, of course. yeah, it's entirely feasible. They could do some limited production. They did say, remember, one of the models of the Model Y that they are going to do is a Founder Series. They never did that for the Model 3. The Founder Series are for the winners for the referral program, which Tesla has not announced yet. And I doubt they will announce until they feel comfortable. Or maybe it's a privacy thing. They don't want to. You know, call those people. Oh, I just got text from Elon. Hang on a second. Okay. <laughs> Yay! Hey, you're Yay! the first time on the show. Anyways, I just want to caution people that um, you know Tesla goes through a variety of different things. If you remember back three years ago, uh, when we were spotting all the Model Threes, mm -hmm. they had what was early release candidate cars. Then they went through production candidate cars. Then they started limited production, and so on and so forth. My feeling is that this is exactly what we're seeing here again. This is just early batches of cars to test out the pilot equipment. I think it's interesting to note that this picture uh, was taken on Cato Road. Now, for those of you who don't know the geographical area where Tesla is in the Fremont area, Tesla has a large factory, um, which everybody knows is the, the old Numi factory. And around the corner from that, there's um, Cato Road, and there's a variety of different manufacturers down there. The Seagate's down there. Uh, but Tesla has an old building there, um, and that's where they do most of their engineering. They call it Tesla Engineering down there. Um, I happen... Let's just say I've, I've seen the back of that building before. <laughs> um, and there are various Tesla bodies back there in various states of assembly, disassembly, crash testing, whatever you may want to call it. Uh, so I know that they do their engineering there. Um there have been many people told me that they have spotted Tesla semis coming in and out of the ramp in there. So, and, and in the past, back in the Model 3 days when the car was originally being seen, that that was, I was told that that is the location of the Area 51 where the first pilot Model 3s were built, hand-built, if you will. Um, there's no room in the Fremont factory at the time to do that stuff. So they had this kind of set off engineering because it's outside of, you know, nobody's around. They can kind of do that thing. Anyway, so I'm just 
speculating because I'm allowed to, just like everybody else. I, I believe that the first batch of these cars are probably built at Tesla Engineering and then brought with the carriers either over to the test track or maybe they're sent off to headquarters or maybe another test track, the, the one in Ohio that they do some of their testing with. So anyways, just bear in mind, this is these are cars not going to showrooms. They're not going to people. These are just the initial batch of cars like they did. Like uh, back in the Model 3 days, I mean, they built something like 100 cars and they sent those for crash testing purposes and track testing purposes and so on and so forth. So we're seeing the early stages of this. However, it is encouraging that they are starting a little earlier on this based on what they did with the Model 3 timeline. Maybe because, well, maybe the production's actually going to ramp up a little faster than we hope to. I mean, it is sharing, what do they say, 75% of the parts? Correct. Mm -hmm. So... Yes, Kling Technica did have a couple of articles, and they uh, did they put out that first article, and then they had to come back and clarify a little bit. So, anyways, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on this. Um, this is not the first time we're going to see Model Ys. We are going to see a lot more as they go through. There was a black one spotted and stuff. So, um, I know that some people were saying, "Oh, these are um, um, signature red." No, they're not signature red. These are multi code red. Anyways. Um, the other thing that's different about these cars, uh, especially the ones that have been driven around without the aero wheels, is that it looks like there's some kind of new mag wheel underneath uh, the aero, um, the alloy wheel, right? So double spoke. Yeah. Did you see that picture? Mm -hmm. uh, oh, here, let me definitely. Bring, let me bring up the picture. Here, I'll put it up on the screen so those of you who are watching on the YouTube channel, apologies to those of you who are on the uh, audio podcast. Here's a picture. You can definitely see that these rims um, underneath the car are a bright silver. And they are definitely different. Speaking of which, and I hate to jump around here a little bit, but there have been many pictures of Model 3s on carriers recently sporting black wheels. So, um, uh, the sport wheel I'm talking about, the one that the 19 or the 20 inch, uh, painted completely black. And yet I don't see anything on the configurator that shows you can pick black. So something's going on there. I wonder, I wonder if those are the referral program wheels that have the forged performance uh finish to it if they're but, the if they're the 20s hmm well they installed on cars though yeah well that was that's exactly what i was saying they could very well be showroom cars they're not going to be customer vehicles yet but they could be for showrooms because a lot of times the uh, tesla showrooms will uh, showcase a s or an x with a performance wheel on it uh, as an option, like we had many Model X showrooms, or many Model Xs will be in a Tesla showroom with the Onyx wheels, for example. Yes. So yeah, that's okay. That's, that's plausible. Yeah, I've noticed most of them tend to be the, the so if, the black if, wheels. if those who are in their referral program get those first, it could be that they'll eventually add it to the store as an item you can option for the performance twenties. Could be maybe, uh, but ideally, if you want to see it, it's better to have it on a dis display car uh, to know what it looks like. We did hear through the grapevine that some people have been getting communications from Tesla to expect the referral wheels, the Model no. 3 referral wheels, by the end of this year. Well, I, I know for me it was more of a kind of like a very shady communication because it was like, hey, just log into your account. Make sure your address information is correct. Yeah. Um, they've worked out logistics on what they're shipping as I tweeted this out too. Um, I know that there's three referral program rewards I'm still waiting on. One is whatever the, the hat is. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, the second thing is my photograph in space. That, that can happen, of course, whenever. Uh, and the third is the performance wheels. So who knows? I, I could be waiting for wheels for Christmas and all of a sudden I go, oh, look at that. I got a hat on my doorstep. How nice. <laughs> <laughs> or your cat in space. But, I, that'd be, but it's interesting because I would think the wheels would end up at a service center versus delivered to your... Because I can't imagine shipping that to someone's house. Like four huge wheels 
sent to your house. Unless they were, wheeled mine were sent to the to the showroom. I had to go pick them up. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what they figure out. I mean, if they're having you check your personal home address, that makes me think it's it may not be the wheels. But what do I know? Mm, could be. Okay, well, moving along, something a little disturbing has uh, cropped up here a little bit. Um, is Tesla deliberately lowering Model 3 usable battery capacity? Now, our good friend Bjorn Nyland um, had recently done a test, and I'll bring up the website here. This was all written here up by the guys at Inside EV, so hat tip to these guys for doing this. Um, his video is titled, Sneaky OTA Updates Removed 5 Kilowatt Hour. Now... I'll link to the video. You guys can go and watch it. I'm not going to play it here because, you know, Burns a friend, but, you know, I don't want to be showing his videos on our thing here because we don't want copyright strikes by anybody who's just going to be a douche about it. Talk about but it. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically the bottom line is he did some tests. Now, he did do an update video where he said, well, maybe my numbers were off a little bit, but he still is believing that the recent over-the-air update to the Model 3 fleet seems to have reserved maybe one to two he was estimated it was five kilowatt hours it seems to be maybe one or two based on his new numbers there has been a lot of speculation on the internet including our forum and uh, some others like tmc reddit and so on and so forth that it seems to maybe it was deliberately done on purpose um because of the um software updates or not software updates but the battery fires that happened to model s and x mm -hmm. um they sent out software updates 2019 16.1 and 2019 16.2 probably discrepancies between the two cars to try and mitigate some of this um uh, some of the battery fire problems that they were having and um so some people are speculating that this may be exactly what they're doing with the model 3 so i know there's been a lot of talk of course even on our forum of, of course that uh, people have seen a recent reduction in the cars like on my car you know what i'll have a chance maybe to test this myself because i have not applied the very latest software update the one that includes smart summon so i think i'm still on dot 20 or 27 i think it is whatever it is anyways um and my car, when I do a full charge, goes to 499 kilometers. Now, uh, Bjorn is, is estimating that his car is coming in at, uh, uh, I think it was like 485 or something like that. And other people have noticed that it's been a little bit lower. So the bottom line is that uh, Tesla is doing something here, and they haven't been exactly transparent about it. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on this, guys. Have you, have you guys seen any differences in your cars recently? Yep. I'll let yeah, him go first. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have. Um from zero to about 27,000 kilometers, it was super slow. I mean, you know, the tiny little break-in drop that you expect, about a 1% range loss. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, for the to me, it was like, basically, I was considering it steady. Like, I didn't even consider that worth reporting. And then all of a sudden, somewhere, um, looking at the stats app, it was somewhere around 27,000, 28,000 kilometers. There was a really, it wasn't as like a cliff drop, like you'd expect with an update, but it suddenly just went, whoop. Over the course of about a thousand kilometers, I lost about another three percent. So that's about six hundred miles for those of you not on the um, science science measurement units. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. So I'm thinking that's really weird, and it, it seemed alarming. Like, is there something wrong with the way I'm handling the battery? I hadn't changed any of my charging procedures. You know, like I'm always mm -hmm. keeping it topped up to about eighty five percent, the same cycles. Everything else was constant. And then it's been dead level ever since. It hasn't lost a dime since then. Now, uh, I'm at 32,000 kilometers. So that probably happened sometime middle to late summer. So this, mm. this is earlier than the timeline that Bjorn and some of the other people seem to be describing. So I don't know if that's completely 
coincidental or if somehow it happened to me in an earlier update than anybody else i don't know but have, have you done a range charge recently like what I, I know you're like me i showed you operate in percentage yep. mode but just out of curiosity if you flip it over what does it show that's the problem i'm terrible at that i haven't recently flipped it over now the stats app is claiming that i'm going to get 470 if i was the charge oh. to 100 it says it should show 470 so i have to test that again at the next okay. time i go to a range charge which i'm going to be doing this weekend so um, I will I will verify and see if that's the actual number that's coming up on the screen. I'll have to check myself because, like I said, uh, when I first got my car, it was at 100%, 499. I yeah. switched it over percentage. Haven't looked at it since. So I really yeah. don't have any. I mean, I only got 1,200 kilometers on my car. <laughs> so I haven't spent any time with it because it's been gone. Eric, how about you? Any notice difference? Well, you know what? It's weird. So when I – some months ago uh, – when when there were rumors abound that some people were breaking 325 uh, or getting close to 325 uh, on the 310. Um, for those of you that don't know, that's the long range rear wheel drive. drive. Yeah. Yeah. So like me, who were indoctrinated early, uh, we were sort of breaking 310 and 100%. Now, a couple things with that. Number one is I rarely, if ever, was charging to 100%, just because, as Elon said, it's not very efficient for the vehicle. You don't have regen braking and, and other yeah. things that happen when you charge to 100%. And I wasn't taking a lot of long trips, so I wasn't doing range driving to begin with. Um, but, but that period of time where I was breaking 310 was very short. I think I may have had that for a couple of weeks, and then there were times I'm charging them barely even getting close to 310 um, where I might get to like 290 something and then it just stops. So to um, Ian's point, I'm not, I, I sort of haven't been tracking it that much. Um, I've been going to percentage uh, driving for some time now. Uh, and, and um, you know, the range loss as I'm driving seems reasonable uh, based on my driving style, but, but I, I have no idea if I'm actually getting close to Like when I charge to 90%, Am I getting truly 90% from when I originally had the car or is it even less now? Um, what's interesting about the story that when, you know, I watched Bjorn's video earlier today is that the detail in which he goes into to explain how things were before. And he shows you a comparison on the video, if you guys have watched yeah. it, um, of the data he had from before the updates to afterwards. And the S and X owners sort of found the breadcrumbs that determine which couple updates that they believed uh did it mm -hmm. um i think it was like 16.20 something like that um yeah but anyway the the um the model three owners like myself haven't had that same update time frame but i know that it is software controlled i know that the changes have been there for quite a while um again i don't i don't think much of it because when i have to charge i charge um but yeah, it's uh, it, it, it for for those who are sort of tracking this. It's like, well, wait a second. Why is it? Why am I charging at a different rate? Why am I getting a different amount of kilowatt hours uh, based on this charging speed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? So, um, for those who were involved in this deduction to kind of figure this out, props to them because that's that's some heavy duty analysis right there. Fine Lab has a line of protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at finelab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla. We were meant for each other. Yeah. 
Yeah, Bjorn is very well respected because he's done a lot of these testing. I mean, if he says something, uh, you better believe him that he's, you know, he's done the research on this. Um, curious, uh, do either one of you have a Teslafy account? I do not. Nope. Ian? Okay. Nope. Um, I had a Teslafy account for a long time. I let it lapse, but when I got the Model 3, I signed up again. So I've paid the yearly fee. Um, and I'm going to spend, I mean, I'm, like I said, I only have about 700 miles on my car, so not much. Um, and I, I plan on trying to look at these numbers a little bit more closely, uh, you know. So I don't know what to expect at this point. Like I said, the car is still so new. I don't know where the change happened in terms of the firmware and stuff. But uh, if I see any discrepancies, I'll let you know. But I think it's interesting. And if this is actually the case, I think, uh, you know, Tesla really should come clean. Like do a blog post, educate customers, tell them something. Yeah, 100%. Going on because, yeah. uh, you know, I know... On, on us, I mean, we, by the way, we're not doing uh, viewer-listener questions here today because we've got so much to talk about. We, we will get to that. But it is something that has come up many times before, and we've always said, well, switch the percentage, stop worrying about it quite so much. But when this kind of stuff comes up and we don't get communications from Tesla as to a deliberate change on this part, now I understand if you're going to make a change like this because you're trying to mitigate some battery degradation or prevent fires— you know what? That's fine. I'm, I'm totally cool with that. And I think most people are cool with that, but you got to tell people. Yeah. The so. transparency component to this, I think is really big because we, we've seen Tesla be very upfront and honest with customers in the past on various things, pending changes to these online studio, uh, you know, uh, when cars have had, um, you know, things added or changed, uh, the Raven refresh, for example, there's been always these changes communicated. Um, we know that service bulletins go out and, and that's helpful to know. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, I think what happens is the, the way that Tesla operates in terms of this communication, uh, I don't know, a policy that they may have in terms of what they communicate and how they're upfront and more honest about things that they're doing probably than most auto manufacturers that we've at least encountered, uh, in our lifetime. So the, unfair expectation that's been set by just the way that they do business has made it so that any misstep that people perceive as such um, brings with it negativity and, and yeah. you know, sort of a black mark on the company. I, ideally, I, I think this might have been just more, more be just poor timing. Uh, it could be that they made the change. They want to accumulate data and then maybe, I mean, it could be that not every car has the update that's affecting this. It could be certain owners, uh, certain VINs. I mean, we, we just, we don't know all of the different, uh, data sets here. But that being said, there is a lot of validity to tell people, listen, if this is what you're doing, especially if it is for a safety reason, just make it known so people all of a sudden see it. Because I'm sure they're getting questions from customers oh, going, yeah. listen, I'm, my car is not charging to X mileage anymore. What's happening? Um, you know, and if it's software related, okay, fine. I think, you know, then either include it in your release notes or just, you know, make it, you know, go through Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and just, you know, put the information out there. Yeah, I agree 100%. Okay, um, next little article that we have here. Well, it's not really an article. It's a video that Tesla themselves released, giving everybody a sneak peek at their crash lab. Now, I have a sneaking suspicion this is not new. This has been going on for some time, but this is the first time that Tesla's actually shown it. I'm going to um, bring up the YouTube channel here. By the way, I'm going to put a, uh, a link to all of these uh, articles and videos so you guys can check it out for themselves if you haven't seen it. Uh, again, Tesla is not sharing where this location is, although it might be on Cato Road. Who knows? Anyway, so they have their own crash lab where they do their own crash testing. Um, Ian, you're in the automotive business. Um, 
how many manufacturers that you're aware of have their own crash labs outside of doing something through a third party? That's a good question. Um, there are a number of them, but I couldn't couldn't rattle them off by name. Um, well, don't put yourself in that predicament, but yeah, it, it does exist. Uh, yeah, oh, for sure. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, um, you wouldn't believe some of the test facilities these companies have. I mean, in Detroit, just the GM proving grounds alone are like a city unto themselves. It's yeah. incredible the amount of stuff. Well, and we some of the know OEMs the we have, work with have the same thing. They have all these crazy different types of environments. And, you know, yeah. the crash lab would just be part of them. I, I, I couldn't swear that everybody has them. You know, when you get down to the smaller manufacturers, that's a lot of money. They're, they're obviously going to want to use an independent lab. It makes more sense. But anybody who's, you know, in the big volume manufacturer has one for sure, I would say. Well, we do know that Tesla spends a lot of time <clears throat> um, doing software crash testing. I've got the video up here. You guys can't see it, but uh, oh, goodness, it keeps going away. But anyways, they do a lot of software crash testing. By the way, in the video, if you pause it just ever so quickly, right about here. Is that the Model Y, the red one? Yep, there it is. Boom. There's a Model Y. That's what they say anyways. It doesn't look like a Model Y to me. Anyways, check out the video if you want to check it out and see for yourself. Uh, try not to cringe too much because watching crash tests like this is never fun. But, hey, it's all in the name of science and safety, right? Mm -hmm. So if uh, Tesla's doing this own thing, uh, that is uh, welcome to see. Um, anyways, so it could be some of those Model Ys we were talking a little bit um, earlier might, of course, be going here to be destroyed <laughs> on purpose because um, I think, I forget who it was that told me this. It might have been even Javier Ventura, uh, one of the engineers at Tesla. Anyways, uh, somebody said sometime um, that when they do physical crash testing of the Tesla cars, it's actually to validate the software. Um, because they spend a lot of time in the software crashing things and reinforcing and so on and so forth. So um, they can do a lot of computational crash testing and stuff. And uh, when they crash the physical cars, then they can you know, go back to the manufacturer of the software, whatever the case may be, or make the software tweaks to the metal and stuff. I mean, if, if any of you have done uh, some basic 3D modeling software with, say, SolidWorks or um, Autodesk Fusion or any of those products, they have simulations built into them. So you can do stress testing on materials. So you can build joints out of aluminum, one part of steel, and you can apply different forces, and it will show you... Um, I mean, Ian, you've seen this stuff before. We, we do the wheels all the time. That's how we start is like, okay, exactly. is, is this going to work in the computer? Okay, well, let's go try and break a few exactly. of them on the radial force now, machine. Now, in this case, I don't think, yeah, in this case, I think they're taking this to the next level and yeah. actually inducing crash tests and stuff. So anyways, it's interesting to see that they're, uh, that it's all in the name of, uh, of safety. So it's all good. All right. Um, next article comes from our friends at Tesla The Model S is back at the Nürburgring. Aha, see, I pronounced it right this time. Nice. <laughs> Nicely done. Yes, the Tesla Model S Plaid, it hits the Nürburgring in a refreshed wide body with massive rear diffusers. So there's definitely some changes. Um, again, no discussion as to exactly what kind of times they were able doing on the track. Um, Elon did say that we're hoping to get the car back onto the track to be able to break the previous record of 7 minutes 20 seconds, trying to get it down to 7.05, maybe shaving off. Anyways, Elon did hop onto Twitter, though, and confirmed that this car um, would eventually make it into production in about the summer of next year. So that's a little sooner than he anticipated. He did say October, November last time. So it definitely looks like this uh, this car is going into production. Now, my biggest problem with this, of course, if you look at the pictures, I'm not really keen on the body kit they put on this thing. You know, the no. plastic bits that they... No, not 
you know, it looks too ricerist for me. Um, I would be happier if they were to revise the body panels to integrate the fender flares. I think that they would look a little better than the plastic bits. I don't know. That's just personal opinion. Oh, well, you're 100% right. I, I agree with that. It would definitely look better if it was seamless. Uh, obviously, on the front fenders, that's no big deal. I mean, it's not a huge expense to come out with a new stamping for the front fender. However, that's true. Yeah, the that back piece is. Rear quarter yes, panel. Yeah. You've yeah. seen the stamping machine that makes that thing, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the size of a house. So to come up with a new die to stamp a rear fender with that extension in it. That's mucho money. Mm -hmm. The only way around that would be, uh, I was theorizing that they might do sort of along the lines of, um, Audi has their Quattro division, you know, like Mercedes has uh, AMG. AMG. You know, um, they all have their sort of like little sideline companies where they can take the cars off the line and, and hand modify them. So yeah, theoretically, you could have a bunch of guys in the shop welding those extensions on and drying them down and then sending them back to the paint shop. But it's it's exactly the opposite of the type of thing that Tesla wants to do these days. By the very nature of this car, they're going to have to have some sort of um, so, some sort of limited low production uh, facility to build them. Because if they have, you know, the vents in the front fenders, if they have that different rear diffuser, it's chances are they're not going to go down the same line as as a regular s um, uh, what if just spitball in here what if we're not seeing the car in its final form maybe you know this rumored mm -hmm. i don't want to call it a refresh facelift whatever you want to call it i mean the last time they did a facelift on the model s was 2016 right Maybe it might coincide with with this rumored uh, updated interior. I mean, the windows are really blacked out on this car. You can't see the interior on this thing. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, well, I mean, wishful thinking. Well, here's the thing, though. We have to also factor in that they're trying to beat, um, as you guys call it, the Taken. Uh, they're trying to beat the track time for the Taken. So the interior could have things like, I don't know, seats taken out. I mean, there, there, there could be things. Right, there could be ways of trying to like lose weight on the vehicle to kind of beat the track time. Uh, so the interior could be stripped down, ergo, that's why they've sort of blacked out the window. Um, but all right, for those of you guys that are listening to the podcast, Ian has this like, hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, the reason I'm doing that is because there was a lot of debate around that. I mean, when this this whole you know smack talk and then the actual cars were going out one after the other on the track. Um, everybody was like, oh, well, they stripped the interior. They did this, they did that, you know, and then, of course, the Tesla fanatics came back and shot, well, no, no, you know, the, the Taycan was the same thing. There was panels missing. It turned out there was a few panels missing around, you know, the, mm -hmm. the pedal cluster and a few things. Uh, so, yeah, and then, you know, they had a roll cage in there, Tesla didn't in there, nah, 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 and then went back and forth. But I don't think, and, and you know, I'd be glad to be corrected if I'm wrong on this. I don't think they, they'd stripped the interior on that first set of Model S's. Now, we don't know this car, you know, these cars that have just appeared, mm -hmm. uh, to Trevor's point, that the windows are heavily tinted. We don't really know what's going on with the interior. Maybe they are taking it out. I hope they didn't, because, you know, if this is going to have any validity, I want the car as close to a production configuration. So I mm -hmm. hope it has all its panels in, or, or, or the majority of them. But I just want to say I'm thrilled that they're finally building a car that's kind of a one-off because that's the only thing that's as a luxury car manufacturer or high-end manufacturer, it's the only thing that's been missing from the lineup, you know, like there's the carbon series, you know, whatever from BMW. And then there's the black series AMG and they all, you know, the RS series from Audi, yes. they all have these very exclusive limited run cars that add huge prestige to the brands. And I mean, I, 
obviously just a standard P100D with ludicrous mode is an incredible car performance wise, but it looks exactly the same as every other Model S. So I'm just thrilled that there's going to be cars that have this bespoke look to them. Well, you know, what? I, I don't, I certainly understand what your point is there. I also think that there is, and that's where the aftermarket accessories environment, why it's such a huge thing, because people can really make their car their own. Um, you know, we, we know that the body may not be largely different. It's really it's really the guts of the car that are different, not so much how it looks. Um, you know, if we put Magneto next to my car, they're both Midnight Silver Model 3s. And save for the badging in the back of the car, a person looking at it and go, oh, there's different wheels. But they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to see any other distinguishable difference between the two cars the seats are the same you know the body style is the same they're all the same yeah. um but obviously there are people who do chrome delete but there are people who do <laughs> to change the look of their vehicles i mean look i mean rafael and nate friends of ours they basically wrapped their cars um so there are there are i think i think that market is where they sort of allow people to take what already is a beautiful car off the line and go but i want to make it my car and they're doing this modification. I mean, look, I've seen people who take really high-end vehicles that are, you know, those various models you mentioned before and still change them, you know, take yeah, off yeah. a spoiler or they do all kinds of stuff. So from Tesla's standpoint, what makes manufacturing easiest? What has fewer parts? What have to worry about different variations? And it's just here, this, let's just let's just build these and get them out. Um, maybe, maybe they can do a limited run for certain vehicles. I just think that hasn't been their MO since 2012. They, I don't think they've ever wanted yeah. to do no, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah. Tesla's all been about survival the last five, six years. It's like yeah. our goal is, you know, change transportation, make sustainable energy, sustainable transportation. I mean, come. Exactly. So that's been, you know, obviously they went a little above and beyond. Nobody needs a ludicrous mode Model S, you know, to to, to get them to work sustainably. So, I mean, I, I gave them already huge props for building cars that are far more desirable than is necessary to achieve the mission. Mm -hmm. But this, this just kind of takes it next level. And it does something else, too. Now, I really wish I could credit the person that wrote this because I just read it today, but it just stuck in my head. And they said, the fact that they're going out and building this track monster version of the Model S is really going to go a long way with diehard old school dinosaur car enthusiasts and i definitely include myself in that group who mm -hmm. have always seen tesla as sort of a threat to the status quo you know this idea that well all they're interested in doing is you know making these homogenous little silent transport modules and they're going to drive themselves and it's the death of the automobile that we love and know and they'll be characterless and there's a lot of people who've never driven a tesla who don't don't understand that innately it is a great driver's car but this solidifies the image that they're all in on on the excitement of driving and and building a car for the sake of just the enjoyment of driving it like why else would you buy this track monster version of a model s with the huge tires and the diffuser and everything else on it which serves no other purpose than to go hella fast around a track so i think it's going to gain them a lot of credibility in the eyes of some of the the people who feel threatened by them as a company you know I, I, I'm so you know I will I will say um and I'm gonna try to word this carefully um I'm somewhat intrigued by the gearheads the motorheads who were like that who um you know like power in their cars um because I can't think of any other sector whether it's uh, mobile device I mean I, I can't think of anything where there's that kind of audience that are like don't take this away from me. This this is forever and a day the thing that I've come to associate with 
my childhood or growing up and with my family or whatever it is. Um, you know, no one's saying, I want my rotary phone back. Get these <laughs> iPhones out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> Legacy things. Like it's, it, yeah, it's, true. it's weird how the automotive industry is the only thing I can think about where people are like, don't change it. You know, you want to improve it. You want to make it, you know, you want to put a Hemi, you want to, you yeah. know, make it, yeah. make more yeah. power. Like I get that, that I understand that. Um, Allen, baby. Right. So, but it's so to those who are enthusiasts to that, I'm not trying to alienate you and this is not any offense to you. I'm sort of just, I'm bewildered and befuddled and confused by why there's this lingering desire to never go away from that when technology is just advancing us in the direction of absolving us of that kind of car. Now, electric vehicles, like now we're seeing Porsche and Tesla and others that are producing really great performance vehicles. If the only major difference between the two is, um, and I'm saying the two class of vehicles, the only major difference is the noise it makes, but the mm -hmm. driving experience is the same. Who cares? Um, yeah. You know, I, ideally we already have too much noise pollution, air pollution, yada, yada, yada. I'm fine with that. I mean, now maybe the, you know, Ian, you're someone who I know is, you're you're one of the more um, knowledgeable car enthusiasts that I've ever come across in my life, uh, and that's saying a lot because I know a lot of people. Um, and you're someone who there is a small part of you, I'm sure, that like as you're driving Magneto, you'll see some other sport car, some other muscle car, and you'll be like, "Oh, she's a beauty." I mean, there's I, nothing happens, wrong with like, admiring another. And there's car. nothing exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like being married and looking at a you know a catalog for Sears, and you're flipping through, and you're like. God, that shirt looks really great on her. Uh, <laughs> so, look, look, so look, but don't touch. <laughs> right. You can look at the menu, just don't order the food. So it, it, yeah. I, I totally understand that mentality. Um, but it's just weird that there are some people like, don't dare encroach that from me. Like, it, guys, it's okay. Like, for a long time, these cars are going to coexist on the same highways. Yeah. Um, I, I only hope that long term, those muscle car enthusiasts look at the electric vehicle market and go, yeah, it's kind of damn impressive too. Well, here's my pitch to them because I come up with this all the time, you know, and we have this argument constantly in the office because I'm surrounded by, you know, 90 other gearheads and they're like, mm -hmm. how can you handle not having the sound anymore? As a matter of fact, one of the, uh, the CEO of the factory that I was visiting mm -hmm. this week uh, has a big V8, you know, sport Audi. And he's like, yeah, I drove the Model S and it's an incredible car, but I just couldn't get used to having no sound. So it was the same thing. And I was, there's two, there's two things that I say to them. I said, number one, look at it as a completely different experience. It's like being in a high performance, you know, like a racing sailboat or something, or like a, a glider, you know, like a mm -hmm. high performance aerobatic glider, where the very lack of sound sort of adds to the experience. And, you know, you're talking to a guy who's owned a dozen cars in his life. He's never had a stock exhaust system on anything I've ever owned. The first <laughs> thing I do is rip the exhaust system off and put something tuned on it so it sounds exactly the way. So sound's a huge component to me. It's a very, very visceral, emotional part of the automotive experience. But going to the other extreme of having no sound at all is its own thrill. I mean, how often, any of us, I think the very first time we ever were in a Tesla and you're like, you know, gone in for a, a ludicrous launch, mm -hmm. we're so shocked by the fact that this violent acceleration and no sound. It, it totally messes with your it, brain. It messes with your mind. Yeah, so it's a different kind of thrill. So I said, yeah. look at it, it's, it's a different experience in a different way to appreciate the car. If you're a track rat, on top of that, another advantage is you're far more tuned in to what's happening to the car's contact patch when it's silent. Mm 
-hmm. Like I can far better predict when this car is going to reach its limits on the street or on the track, on the snow, on any surface, because there's no engine sound. So I can very acutely hear all the tiny little differences in the sound feedback coming from the different levels of traction that the tire has on, on the road surface. So that's another selling feature of having no engine sound to it. And then the last one I give them is like, look, if you're a diehard and you still want to have your gasoline cars for the future, at least consider changing your daily driver to something that's sustainable. Because the sooner we do that, the more buffer we're going to have to allow vintage gasoline cars to continue to drive around. If, if we wait till the last minute, all the governments of the world are going to ban them, period. And I mean, it's going to suck if you can't drive your vintage Z28 Camaro or your XKE to the odd meet, you know, it's some nice little town out in the countryside. If you have to bring it there on a trailer or only ever drive it on a track, that to me is a horrifying future. So I'm constantly telling all, all of my, my muscle head and gearhead friends, do it now. Buy whatever sustainable car you like and drive that as your daily driver. <laughs> and the sooner you do that and the sooner we get our carbon emissions down, you know what? There might be a little buffer zone where you can take out the cool vintage car on the weekend and it's not going to be restricted to your garage or a track. And that that's the one that seems to sink in the most. So that's that's sort of how I approach that whole well, you argument. Know what? It's interesting now because if, if Elon is planning with these um, the cars we mentioned earlier in the show about the, the noise that they can actually sort of produce like the duck sounds, the fart sounds, that sort of thing. <laughs> how great would it be if we have electric muscle cars that can just synthesize the sound based on the driving performance? If the, if the only thing you're missing is just the sound, <laughs> but the, you're getting the performance out of the car, well, then synthesize the sound. Make it a jet sound for crying out loud. That'd be even more fun. Hell, oh, a rocket, yeah. a rocket launch. Yeah, whatever you want. But, but it's already being done. I mean, when I drove the, the I-Pace... Uh, from Jag, it actually has this this they synthetically do. produced inline six cylinder. BMW i8 does the same thing too. Even it has a piddly little three cylinder engine in it. But it sounds through this. It sounds like this. Oh yeah, it sounds awesome. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty funny. I mean, there's a guy here in town uh, who drives around. He's got a white. It's an old Vauxhall. You ever seen those? Looks like an old Datsun. It's a tiny, but he's got it all tubbed out, and he's got a. It must be a V8 in it. Straight pipes on the thing. Noisy as hell cute little car i keep thinking that would be amazing if it was electrified but anyways i saw him at the gas station the other day why was that at a gas station because i was driving my wife's car anyway it's a story for another day but i i keep seeing this car and i think it's such a cute little car why does it have to be so bloody noisy how much are minds changing well, I'm, I'm also good i'm also gonna be interested to see what happens this weekend because i happen to be going to a car show last one of the season um and my dad's coming so i'm gonna try and park my car beside his i think he's gonna take the corvette and uh, I'm curious to see what the reaction is, you know, see how many people come and look at this and then look at this. And, mm -hmm. oh, by the way, that's my dad. Oh, this is my son. And just kind of see the reactions. Because I know a lot of his buddies um, are going to come out and they're always curious. They never poo-poo the car. They're just, they're curious because, you know, they just don't know what they're all about and stuff. So anyways, that's just me. Anyhow, uh, well, that brings us pretty much to the end of the show, guys. Any, uh, any closing thoughts before we sign off tonight? Hmm. Yes. I like, I like having these dialogues with you guys. I know. It's so much fun, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> I apologize for not doing uh, viewer and listener questions. We were just pressed for time okay, today. Fine. We have some other matters coming up this week. Uh, we normally record on Thursdays. We decided to do it on Wednesday, so unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to, uh, to do that. But we will for next time, I promise. And as usual, we ask these questions on Twitter. So look, uh, follow me, Model 3 Owners. Uh, the Twitter handle is Pestle Owners Online, if, you, if you'd rather look for that. And uh, look for that questionnaire uh, next week. Ian, you wanted to say something? 
Yes, just a huge shout out to all of our uh, listeners and fans in Europe. My God, you people drive well. Oh, I was so... <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of lunch. Even are... in Italy? I hear Italy can be pretty crazy in the cities. Italy, yes. I uh, Not to go off on, on, on a little last minute tangent here, but yeah, when I did the trip five years ago on a bike, I was only on little back roads and in and out of little plazas and, and roundabouts and towns. And I mean, you know, just the kids on scooters in Italy will kill you, you know, sooner than give way. But uh, this is the first time I spent a lot of time on the Italian Autostratus, which is their version of the Autobahn. And holy smokes, the driving discipline was incredible. Like I'd be cruising along at 130, 140, 150. And I mean, there'd be somebody in a little Fiat, you know, trying to get past the truck. And the soon, the instant they saw me in the mirror, it's like, oh, foot to the floor, up to 160, move over, you know, let the guy behind oh, nice. you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Superb driving. Superb. Everywhere I went. So, yeah. I, do, I, do, I will say, though, bring it and mention that in Bjorn's video, he's got this driver. I saw that. That was funny. <laughs> Two times. He, he, all right, so for those of you that haven't watched the video yet, uh, if, you, if when you see it, uh, essentially Bjorn's in the uh, the right lane. It's a two-lane highway. He's in the right lane, and he's uh, going fast from the vehicle in front of him. So he decides to change to the left lane to be able to pass the driver. Well, as soon as he changes lane, that car then accelerates. And it's like, what the heck is this? I guess you yeah, I've had that happen to me here all, that all the time here. It happens in Florida. Florida drivers, I'm sorry. If you're listening to the show and you're in Florida, you are the absolute worst. <laughs> People tell me, Eric, you're a defensive driver. I have to. I'm f- almost 42 years old. I have survived this long because I had to, <laughs> to be a defensive driver because Florida drivers are the absolute worst. Oh, man. Oh, Fort Lauderdale God. or Miami at night. It's like that's that's like Mad Max movie Miami, stuff. Miami-Dade County. Uh, <laughs> It, I think it has like it's in the top five, like the worst cities for driving. Um, but they recently said that they have the nicest drivers. I'm like, those two things cannot <laughs> coexist. As polar opposites. What kind of survey is this? Uh, that, that's it's probably the same people who brought to the survey going, America's favorite pizza is the Hawaiian pizza. Which is not pineapple's no, wrong. No one no. loves pineapple on their no. pizza. No one. That's wrong. It's wrong. It is wrong. Sorry, my wife will disagree, but she's wrong. Pineapple, yeah. pineapple's meant to like as a garnish for a pina colada. It's great for uh, like a, a citrus salad or something. I'm sorry. I love pineapple. Get that off my damn pizza. All right. Well, Eric, since you're on the screen, what would you like to plug tonight? Tell us where people can find you or whatever, chit-chat, whatever the heck you want to say. Sure. Um, I like to plug in my car. So um, my uh, my Twitter handle is ECFIX. It's E-C-F-I-X. You can follow me there on Twitter. Um, my thanks to all the folks who are engaging. And uh, for those of you guys that use our referral codes, we, if you have any questions about the car when, before we take delivery, anything else, feel free to ask us. Um, also, if you're using our code, it's from time to time. I want to give you kind of like an applause and credit um i've had some people show up my list of referrals i'm like i don't even know who these people are so um if you use my referral code by all means just send me a message you can say hi on twitter uh just to let me know that you used the code because i want to say congratulations personally uh and reward you for doing a wonderful thing and hopefully you're enjoying and making use of your supercharging miles which by the way um the referral program if you guys remember this uh for every referral you get both the purchaser and you each get a thousand supercharging miles and that puts you into the contest for winning some prizes so uh use our codes use somebody else's code once you get a car use your own code um but yes it's 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 one of the still many blessings that tesla has in the referral program is those uh supercharging miles awesome ian it's your turn what do we what do you want to plug 
Well, uh, you can always find me on Twitter um, at Ian Pavelko. And uh, any questions you may have or, or anything I might be able to make myself useful, I am always there to uh, to try and help out. And uh, if you're looking for some um, for some Evolve wear, perhaps the classic Evolve shirt, which I paraded around Europe and got some good reactions. And uh, today I'm wearing your hoodie tonight. Yeah, I got my my weapon of mass adoption uh, hoodie going on here. And uh, thank you to everybody who uh, took part in the uh, in the uh, pumpkins code, the the Halloween sale that Teespring had last week. They did okay. a little exclusive one for me. Everybody got ten percent off. That was well received. So thank you to everybody who participated in that. And uh, you can find all that at teespring.com. Just look up the uh, Mad Hungarian Evolveware store if you're looking for any of that good stuff. And uh, also a little shout out at the end of the month, um, the last weekend of uh, October, I'm going to be at uh, the Salon du Véhicule Électrique in Saint-Hyacinthe. That's the Saint-Hyacinthe electric vehicle show. Uh, me and Magneto will be there all three days on display. So if you're in that part of Quebec or you're close enough that you can come up for a run-up, come say Is that the last weekend of October? It is the last weekend of October. Okay. Yes, exactly. Okay. So what's that, the 24th, 25th, 26th, or 25th, 26th, 27th? Don't quote me on that. But anyway, whatever that last weekend is, I will be there with the car all three days. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. Well, I guess I'm last, so that puts me uh, at last. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I'm very active on Twitter. You can follow uh, Tesla owners online or, you know, Model 3 owners <laughs> is the handle. Uh, I want to say thank you to our sponsors. That's the great guys at Fine Lab Ceramic Coatings, Dulaban Insurance, and our great guys at EvanX if you want some Tesla accessories. Listen, I have some really cool content coming back. As soon as I get my car back, I have some really cool stuff. And I'm um, going to do a collab with another YouTuber that some of you out there might recognize. Anyways, we're going to have some fun stuff with some Tesla. Anyways, uh, that's it for this time, and we will catch you on the next show. Thanks for watching, no matter where you happen to be. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bonsoir tout le monde. Adios.